Hi there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fire and Ice Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is Friday, October 13th. Yep, it's Friday the 13th. And we're going to be talking about some baseball today. I'm going to be doing it with my buddy Drew Silva. Drew, how are you doing this Friday morning? Doing all right, man. The The lower seeds are, are getting it done. It's March Madness in October. <laughs> like, of the top four overall seeds, yeah, the, the teams to earn a first round by, only the Astros managed to get through. Yep. Um, I saw this, this stat. Teams with 92-plus regular season wins have gone 1-13 this October. Teams with fewer than 92 regular season wins are 13-1. and one. I, I don't know that this format is ideal for determining who has the best baseball team, but it's been a lot of fun to watch. It, it's good, good television, and it's what we have. Has it been, though? Like, Sure, I don't know. So many of these games just haven't had – that drama to me, Drew, like it's been kind of a weird postseason, and maybe I'm like biased as a Mariner fan who desperately wanted to make the postseason in back-to-back years for the first time in seems like 140 years, but actually only 22 years. But like, I don't know. I just haven't really gotten, I've, I've loved it because it's baseball and I had a re- really good time watching last night's game. That was a pretty darn good one. And we might as well jump into it. So Atlanta is eliminated from the postseason. Philadelphia moves on to the NLCS. They will be the host, even as the four seed, taking on the Diamondbacks. Drew, did Philadelphia win this series or did Atlanta lose it? And before you jump in and answer, I'll give my answer real quick. I think Philadelphia won it, but Atlanta did not look great down the stretch. And some of that, I think, has to do with their pitching. You know, the the starting pitching did have a bunch of injuries, um, having to rely on rookies and then guys who just, you know, aren't really postseason type performer type guys, the guys who can miss a ton of bats. But I'll ask you, Drew, do you think uh, Philadelphia won this series or did Atlanta lose it? I reject the premise of the question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, similar to the Dodgers, who we can talk about too, that the Atlanta just had too many pitching holes, too many holes on their pitching staff by the end of the year and ran into a hot team that had swept its wild card series while the Braves were having to sit on their hands or play interest squad games or try to stay fresh somehow. Um, just looking ahead for the Braves, I think they're going to go after a free agent pitcher this winter. Not that they don't have like great organizational depth in that regard, but someone like Sonny Gray makes a lot of sense. Maybe even they pay up for, for Blake Snell. Getting Snell and that swing and miss into that Atlanta oh, yeah. pitching system would be interesting. Aaron Nola would be really funny if, if Atlanta made a play for him. They're stacked yeah. on position player talent for the next decade almost. You know, so many of those young and, and productive hitters are locked up to long-term deals. I think a maybe uncomfortable spend on a starting pitcher could be on the horizon. Like they're going to be the NL East favorite, I bet, heading into 2024. But don't you kind of get the vibe that the Phillies don't mind going through the wild card round? It, it seems to like fit that team's personality. It probably fits Philadelphia's personality as a city. They, like they don't want a week of rest. No, I mean, this is back-to-back years where they at least advanced to the LCS through that wild card round. Um, By the way, this is also one of my biggest issues is uh, we see both six seeds advance to the LCS here. And 
it's one of those things where the six seed has a massive advantage over the five seed, I think, because the five seed is always going to have to play the four seed and the four seed is always going to be the top wild card. And almost always the top wild card is going to be a better baseball team than the third division winner. Now, if you look at this year, it was certainly true in the American league, but even if you take a look in the national league, the brewers were, you know, better by record. If you asked anybody, and this is not just hindsight, who would you rather play the Philadelphia Phillies or the Milwaukee Brewers? I think they would pick the Brewers pretty quickly. Like, there was a lot of talk about having teams pick their postseason opponent, if you remember, Drew, when that CBA was going on, like because of how the seeding and stuff was going to go on. But yeah, I mean, look, Atlanta's got a great core. They're going to be very good for a long time. And their starting pitching isn't like a huge weakness, like compared to no. other teams. But I do think they need, like Spencer Strider, I think is a strong number two. I do think they could use that ace type guy and a little bit more depth as well. Of course, you know, Atlanta is so good at developing pitching. It wouldn't shock me if AJ Smith Shaver takes a step forward. And, you know, they do have some. Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, like some of yeah. these guys, one of, one of them could pop, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of pop, the Los Angeles Dodgers saw their bubble pop. They were swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, the red hot Arizona Diamondbacks, who I just keep peeking against and they keep saying, ha shut up, Chris Crawford. Huh. Uh, the Dodgers have now been eliminated much earlier than they would have liked despite having a quality regular season. They weren't the best team in the National League, but they were certainly one of them and a lot of people's pick to go to the World Series. Do you think they got to make some changes? You kind of get tired, or I do at least, of seeing all like the sky is falling reactions from and about teams that get eliminated. Like only one team is going to win every year. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this this certainly wasn't a quick ouster for a Dodgers club that you know won the National League West by 16 games. I think that was the biggest edge of any division winner. They had 100 regular season wins, just couldn't get anything going offensively or with the pitching in a quick three-game sweep at the hands of the Diamondbacks, who we can discuss later in previewing the NLCS. Like uh, Magic Johnson put it well on, on Twitter, as he tends to do. Uh, I'm going to just paraphrase him, but it was like, we're all disappointed that our Dodgers didn't hit or pitch well. That's why they lost to the Diamondbacks, exclamation point. You know, like, well said, Magic. They just didn't hit or pitch well for three games, and they're gone. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. like – Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, and Lance Lynn, the, the game's one, and two, and three starters for the Dodgers combined to allow 13 earned runs in like four and two-thirds innings. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, who could both be top three finishers in the NL MVP vote, uh, when it combined one for 21, Freeman had a single, no hits for Betts. That's, it's just not a successful recipe in a best-of-five series. They're, they're fine. I mean, they're going to have – it's almost dangerous that they – I mean, I guess we have to say it. They haven't won a World Series in a non-COVID-affected year since the 80s, right? Like, yeah. They could they could, they could kind of be in panic mode uh, this offseason. Shohei Otani's out there. Yeah. There are a lot of big-time free agent pitchers out there. And they're so stacked and run so well as an organization, and they have the funds to back up what they want to do that I think they're going to be very dangerous next year, and there's no reason to freak out um, 
I mean, hats off to the Diamondbacks. And again, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later in the show. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about Otani a little bit in the, at the end of this show as well. By the way, uh, this is our final uh, regular season show of the year. We really appreciate everybody who's been tuning in, and I'll say all of that again. Uh, and I will also mention to make sure you're checking out the Contrarian Edge Optimizer. It is an awesome tool. If you're watching us on YouTube, and we appreciate that, right below Drew's beautiful smiling face, you will see a little code that you can scan with your phone, or you can go to fantasysportslogic.com, or you can go to sportstopia.io, and I can't recommend doing that enough either. You can find a bunch of great articles. You can find prize picks. You can find rankings for your fantasy football. You can find a bunch of NBA stuff. I imagine those of you who are having NBA drafts got to look up these rankings. You forget about who plays for who. I know I do. You got to go look all of that great stuff up. We wholeheartedly recommend it. Ah. Uh, American League, the Amer ALCS wasn't much better than the NLCS in terms of competition. But I think the Twins, you're going to look at Twins losing four and think that maybe Houston, maybe not dominated, but was overwhelming better. I don't think that was the case, Drew. Yeah, I mean, they were just a little bit too much in, in the end. Uh, the yeah. Twins made it a series by by winning game two at Houston, mm -hmm. uh, but got routed in game three at Target Field. And then, yeah, lost a close one in game four. Byron Buxton making a triumphant return from his knee injury could have been a fun storyline. He was activated oh, yeah. ahead of game four on Wednesday, but he had one pinch hitting appearance and what like popped out to the first baseman, if I remember correctly, three straight. Ryan Presley strikeouts in the bottom of the ninth inning against Torre Polanco, Royce Lewis, and Max Kepler to end things. You could maybe argue that called third strike on Kepler. It, it was close enough that he probably shouldn't have taken it. Yeah. Whatever the case, they couldn't get the lineup to Carlos Correa, who had been their one, one of their hottest hitters, um, lost 3-2 in the deciding game, and, and that'll wrap it up. I mean, the Astros are yet again looking dangerous. We'll get into them um, in this all-Texas matchup for the American League Championship Series. I think an encouraging season all around, though, for, for the Twins. They won the AL Central, you know, maybe by default, but they really ran away with it toward the end of the year. Picked up their first postseason win, their first postseason series win uh, for the first time in a long while. And there's a lot of, like, cost-controlled players. I, I think their pitching staff is – is really strong mm -hmm. um, and like can be very consistent going into 2024, even probably losing Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray said after the game that he wants to remain in Minnesota and money isn't a factor, but that's the kind of thing you hear from most <laughs> impending free agents. And sure. he's going to take the richest contract he gets. And I don't, I don't see the twins spending money in, in that way. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, Royce Lewis taking another step forward, Jorge Polanco, you know, healthier and taking another step forward. Well, I, I hope Byron Buxton can get over the hump with his knee and various injuries. Um, that would be huge for them, even as just in a DH role. I mean, they tried that this year, but uh, there's a lot to look forward to the Twins, especially just being in that division. They can kind yeah, of take say. command of it with maybe just spending a bit more money and getting a little bit more development for some of their young starters. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to bring up as well is just the fact that I wonder how motivated they'll be in the offseason to spend too much cash to know that at least on paper and things can change, who the heck is competing with them in the AL Central? Because 
I guess Cleveland, you still have to put in that two spot, even though Detroit actually was probably the better of the, t- the four bottom teams, you know, they, and I guess Detroit could be like a breakout candidate type of team. We thought maybe that was the case in 2022. And of course it didn't work out. Nobody had a whole lot of expectations for them, but look, them winning 87 games and relying so much on rookies, like the seasons that Royce Lewis put together yeah. and Matt Walner, who looked like a real thing for a lot of this season. And one of the more underrated rookie seasons from Edouard Julien, uh, they, they, they can hit man. They're a good lineup. They they've got to get um, Byron Buxton has to stay healthy. And, and that's a, that's a tough thing to require. I mean, there is a long history here now, but uh, I do think Minnesota is well set up and I think they'll probably be when like the betting odds come out for next year, the most overwhelming favorite to win their division next year, just because, and I think that has more to do with insult to the other four teams in the division, to be honest with you, than compliment to Minnesota. But I do think that if you had to like bet that one team was going to the postseason next year, it's gotta be Minnesota, right? Yeah, I like I, mean, I could see the White Sox doing something stupid. <laughs> like they've already been connected to like trade rumors for Salvador Perez. And I love Salvador Perez, but he's what a 34-year-old catcher, mostly DH, um, yeah. whose ratios, like rate stats are certainly declining. Um, uh, they've been connected to Whit Merrifield already in free agency. Like I don't, he kind of had a, a renaissance this year in Toronto with the speed a bit. What do you have? Like twenty six stolen bases, but like the on base percentage has 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 plummeted. The the batting average has plummeted. He's not the player that he once was. I, the White Sox could make some really dumb moves and maybe have a better looking roster. But I, yeah, I think the Twins are just put. They have the best foundation of any of those teams by a long shot. The Tigers could be interesting depending on what they do in the off season, but. I feel mm-hmm. like we've been saying that for about three or four years now that they were ready to take a step forward, and it just hasn't really happened. That is a hundred percent it. And look, the White Sox can the White Sox will do something dumb because they're the White Sox, but you're going to have to do an awful lot of not dumb things to make up for being one of the worst teams in baseball. Even in that division, I do think that they ultimately take this. All right, let's take a look at the LCS series now because. Absolutely nobody could have predicted either of these series, to be honest with you. Maybe the ALCS, a few people might have really liked Texas to advance versus Houston, but not too many, and certainly not a lot of people predicting Philadelphia versus Arizona. Let's start in the American League. Here's my first question for you, Drew. Let's say Max Scherzer can go. Where are you slotting him in the rotation? I'll give you my quick thoughts that I would go, if the, and this is just Chris Crawford, if he can go. I would still go with uh, Nathan Yalvaldic starting game one for me. He's looked fantastic. And then I'm probably still going Jordan Montgomery in game two, and I'm having Scherzer start at home in game three, which might line him up for a pivotal pivotal game seven in game three. How would you do it? Yeah, it depends on, like, we're kind of guessing on where Scherzer is with that Terrace major muscle injury in his shoulder. He threw 40 pitches in a simulated game last Friday. He got up to 60 pitches in a simulated game Wednesday. I think you want to 
may, I don't know, depending on how it lines up, maybe give him one more simulated game and then line him up for game three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's, it just really depends on, on where he is and he knows his body so well. Yeah, I, I think the Rangers will definitely put up a strong fight here. They haven't lost yet in the postseason. A, a two-game sweep of the Rays in the best of three wildcard series, then a three-game sweep of the Orioles in the best of five ALDS. And Scherzer yep. and, and John Gray, too, could could be back. Uh, they could both be back from their re- respective injuries, joining what would be a really good four-man rotation for a best-of-seven series. Like, Gray is not as far along as, as Scherzer with the throwing. But he hasn't been out as long as Scherzer, not as serious of an injury. We'll get more clarification on, on those two when the Rangers set their roster ahead of Game 1 on Sunday. But with the way this team is swinging right now and the way they're pitching. And if you get Scherzer and Gray back, that's a better overall starting staff than Houston. Like this has the feel of a tight series. DraftKings opened with the Astros at minus 135 to win this ALCS. The Rangers at plus 105. FanDuel had it as Astros minus 175 to win the series. I, I don't think that has stuck, maybe been bet down a little bit. I hope this series goes goes long you know with with the state rival division rival stuff offering some additional energy to the whole scene at minute maid park and globe life field i mean the astros are are tough and proven on this stage they went nine and four against the rangers during the regular season but the rangers definitely have a, a shot here certainly better than you know putting the astros at a minus 175 odds yeah uh, I have the current odds right now on DraftKings because I just wrote an article about that. Now go check that out at sportstopia.io. Please and thank you. Uh, Astros minus 140 on DraftKings. Rangers plus 120. And I'll just go ahead and make my prediction. I'm going to say Rangers in seven. I really am worried about this Rangers bullpen, but I love this lineup. I think they can outscore anybody. And the fact that I do think that Scherzer is going to come back for the series, even if he can only give you four or five innings or so, just lengthens that rotation so much. And I've been, uh, I liked the Dunning uh, and Andrew Heaney ping- piggyback. Heaney, I think yeah. that they can be uh, effective bullpen options or uh, multi-inning guys. I like this Houston team too. And look, credit to them, seven straight ALCSs. You cannot downplay that enough. It's really impressive. They're the favorites for a reason in this series. But I think the Rangers got a little bit of magic to them, and I will go with them in seven. Drew, what you got? I mean, seven consecutive ALCS appearances. Like, what in the world? That's not supposed to happen in this era. Like, you know, an era where you see the Dodgers get bounced in three games and the Orioles with a very quick stay in the playoffs, the Braves falling in four. It's been an incredible run for Houston. Mm -hmm. Alex Bregman has played in 90 postseason games already, and he's not even 30 years old. Uh, Jose Abreu tore it up in the in the final two games of the ALDS at Minnesota. The, the oldest player in postseason history to hit three homers in a two-game span. A ton of postseason experience up and down this mm-hmm. Houston ro- roster. Justin Verlander, it works out nice not having to use him in game five of the last round so that sure. he can pitch at full strength in game one of this upcoming final four round. Jordan Alvarez is a monster. I think the Astros are going to take it, but um, I think this series goes the distance. I hope it goes the distance because I think it's a, a little bit more of an exciting matchup than what we have in the, the NLCS. That's a segue for yeah. you. Yeah, perfect segue. And so in that NLCS, uh, as Drew basically uh, uh, pointed out, 
Uh, the betting odds are heavily in Philadelphia's favor. Philadelphia minus 70, Diamondbacks plus 145. Phillies won the series four games to three, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, we'll just make our predictions because I want to get into some offseason stuff with you here. You know, I look at this and I was doing in my article, I was looking at like the lineups, the rotation and the bullpen. And I kept going, yeah, it's Phillies, but it's pretty close. And rotation, yeah, it's Phillies, but it's actually pretty close there too. And bullpen with Paul Seawald, it's just a lot of really close stuff. And I think you just have to give the edge to the Phillies for having home field advantage, for being here before. And because I can't stop picking against the Diamondbacks now, Drew, I'm going to go Phillies in six. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I th- these are my Diamondbacks, Chris. Like yeah, swept the Brewers, <laughs> swept the Brewers in the first round, swept the Dodgers in the NLDS. It's quite a so- story so far for a team oh, that yeah. was the third NL wild card, the last team to qualify essentially for the NL side of the bracket. It's it's their first time back in the NLCS since 2007 when they got swept by that Rockies team that went on a tear before losing to the Red Sox in that year's World Series. Corbin Carroll, uh, he's the runaway NL Rookie of the Year. He's batting 412 with a 1389 OPS through his first 23 okay. career postseason plate appearances. Gabriel Moreno, like the young catcher the Diamondbacks got from the, the Blue Jays last winter, he's breaking out at a t- terrific time to be breaking out. It's worth pointing out that uh, Dalton Varsho, had, you know, he, he gave you some homers and some stolen bases like he does. You know, he's a good fantasy player, but he had a 674 OPS this season with Toronto and went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts in the Blue Jays' playoff run. You know, just looking back to that trade that netted yeah. the Diamondbacks, Gabriel Moreno, and Lourdes Gurriel, who's been a streaky hitter, but certainly still a nice piece. Christian Walker, mm-hmm. Cattell Marte, Tommy Pham, all clicking. Andrew Southfrank in, in, the, in the bullpen, like – uh, does the pitching hold up in a best of seven series against a very hard charging Phillies team? I don't know. Uh, it sure fared well against that Dodgers lineup that you know could be lethal at times during the regular season, but four games sure. potentially at Citizens Bank Park, which seems to offer a home a real home field advantage. There's a reason that the Diamondbacks are a pretty significant underdog in, in terms of betting odds in this series. I, I'm going to say Phillies and six. I think six, it's going to be yeah. more interesting than people think, um, but the Phillies are going to are going to win at home, and they they could even just win these first two games at home and really put the you know the I don't know how to how to say it put like put the ball in the Diamondbacks court right. down there at Chase Field. Maybe they win one game there um, to force it back to Philly or something. But I I, I believe I believe the Phillies are going to going to pull this out. Yeah, I think so as well. And look, that's no insult to the Diamondbacks. They've had a fantastic season, and they certainly can win this series. Like, they are playing extremely well. They've been a streaky team all season. We kind of thought they were done for for a little bit there. Like, they got off to such a great start, and then the middle of the season. A horrible August. Yeah. A horrible August. And then – Yeah. No, go ahead. Yes, I, I think like there's also a possibility the Phillies could sweep this. Like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It would not shock me at all if they won this series in four or five games. Because the way it just the way it lines up for them, because they closed out the the Braves in four games in the NLDS, mm-hmm. they can start Zach Wheeler in game one of the NLCS again in game five. Whereas, like, had the NLDS gone the distance, that would have meant Aaron Nola. 
in game one of this coming around with with Wheeler not on regular rest until game three. Like either would have been fine and doable, but they're set up right now in, in just a lot smoother fashion. And Bryce Harper's postseason oh numbers. Have we mentioned his name yet on this show? Like nope. <laughs> his postseason numbers so, so far as a member of the Phillies. So this year and last year, a 354 batting average, a 1216 OPS, a nine homers, seven doubles, 18 RBIs, 19 runs scored in 23 games. Nick Castellanos has been very up and down throughout his career, even in his time in, in Philly. But if clutch is a skill, he's got that skill, uh, four home runs in that four game series against the Braves. It's possible the Diamondbacks are just running into a buzzsaw here. I don't know if they're necessarily a buzzsaw themselves. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, uh, real quick, World Series prediction. I will go Phillies over Rangers in six. Drew, what you got? Did I pick the Astros or the Rangers is my, my prediction? I think I picked the Astros. Yeah. Um, so I'll say Phillies over Astros in seven, an all-time nice. classic World Series. Yeah, looking forward to it in a rematch of last year's World Series. That would be a little bit of fun. Uh, to close things out, let's kind of put a bow on the season and uh, talk about the offseason because people got People ask me this all the time. Where is Shohei Otani going? Where is Shohei Otani going? Where is Shohei Otani going? Drew, where's Shohei Otani going? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mentioned at the top of the show that the Dodgers sure seem like a good fit. If he wants to yeah. stay in, in Southern California, they have the resources to do it, um, on all fronts. If, if they really want to do it, um, I'm, uh, the Yankees are in panic mode. Could they like make, make a big spend like that to bring him to New York? Does he want to play in New York? I don't, I don't know. Um, I think the giants have always been a, a real, they're not much of a dark horse in this, but like a, a real sneaky, great fit for what they are set up to do organizationally. They need a splash of some sort. And they've been trying to make big deals, like big money deals in, in recent off seasons at recent trade deadlines. They're willing to take on a big contract and this could be the one they, they fired manager Gabe Kapler. They're they're kind of reshaping things to be uh, less of a boring team, I would say. Like they've been a pretty boring team since that 107 win regular season. Um, I I don't know. Your Mariners are certainly going to be in the running. The Mets with Steve yeah. Cohen's money. Uh, I would say those are the the teams where I could see it realistically happening. I don't know if there's a a real dark horse here, mate. You know, John Heyman of the New York Post has been floating the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, they fired Heim Bloom, like head of their front office at the end of the winter. Um, they have the money to do it with the Fenway Sports Group, um, they, and they could market the heck out of it. I, yeah. I, if there's one team not in that, like, main group of six, I could see the Red Sox possibly making a, a very real play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say this too. I won't rule out the Phillies or the Padres because I don't think you can ever rule out the Phillies or the Padres for free agency just based on recent transactions. The way their owners well, do it, yeah. yeah, I don't know how well they fit those clubs. Like they'll have to make some roster moves, except, you know, designated hitter. It's it's easy to move some stuff around. And maybe if you're Phillies, you sign Kyle Schwarber. But I'm going to predict the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to be in that splash mode. And I think, you know, Shohei Otani makes sense on any team, but he makes a lot of sense on the Dodgers. And uh, 
the internet will go absolutely insane. Uh, thank you guys so much for what's, listening. What's the me. number though? What's what's the contract? Uh, I'm gonna go 480 million over 10. Sound, I bet it's structured very weird, but yeah, I, I would say approaching, but not quite at 500 is is where where it winds up. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, the injury, I think, does knock off a couple hundred million, but Shohei Otani will be just fine. Thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Fire and Ice podcast. We really appreciate your support all year. Uh, follow us on all of our social medias and keep in mind that we have NLB, not just MLB shows. We've got NFL stuff, NBA stuff. We really appreciate your support. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.